If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you are going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, uh, ever wonder how long pumpkin spice has been around? They think they traced it uh, back to 1936 when a recipe for pumpkin spice cakes appeared in the Washington Post. Hmm. They described it as a great dessert for a family dinner and a healthful pick-me-up for children after school. (laughs) Second, ditch the cutlery. New research shows eating with your hands increases texture and taste of food. Yeah, I guess in some cultures... That's actually um, how they eat. You know, they just eat with their hands, especially uh, some Asian cultures. And finally, in the world of food, you ever hear how Shake Shack got its name? You know, the hamburger shake place. You know this story? Mm, the, the first, the first I do, as a matter of fact, the first one was built over a fault line in California. Oh. And they were constantly, the building was shaking. Good guess. So they called it Shake Shack. No, it's, that's a great guess, but not right. And you, I thought for sure, out of all people I know, you would have guessed this. <laughs> it is from an amusement park funhouse attraction spotted in this scene from the movie Grease. The huh. They're in that funhouse, oh, and they're yeah. dancing along, and they, the, yeah, yeah, it goes yeah, yeah. like this, and right, back right, and right. forth like a seesaw, and they call it the Shake Shack. I That's how they got the I name of the that. restaurant. Huh. Yeah. Look at that. I wonder if they had to give John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John money for that. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up in just a minute, we have your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. And you're going to love how this story comes full circle. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. This is the sweetest story. A woman named Natalie just became a police officer for the first time. The person who pinned her badge on her during the ceremony was super special. It was the police officer who had saved her life when she was just a baby girl and her mom was involved with drugs. Hmm. Officer Jeff was really emotional about being invited to come meet Natalie. He hadn't seen her since she was a little infant and often wondered how her life turned out. I don't know that I'm gonna have a career highlight that ever, like that ever again. It, it's an amazing feeling and, and I'm still, even weeks later, still uh, brings a smile to my face. Natalie had waited her whole life to meet Jeff and was so touched that he traveled so far to make her ceremony so special. When he saved my life, I knew that there was hope out there and there was happiness out there. And I wanna help people like he helped me. Isn't that the coolest story? Mm. It all came full circle. That is. Police officer saved a baby's life, and now she's a police officer. That is awesome. You know how they sometimes put at the bottom of commercials, please don't try this at home. Oh, yeah, the Um, driver on a closed course. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, there's something that's all the rage on TikTok, and doctors saying, don't do it. Mm. It's not good for you. Don't try this. So there's something going around TikTok that everyone thinks is so cool. And everyone's like, ooh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. What is it? And doctors are like, eh, do not do this. It's not safe. Not good for your health. And it is taping your mouth shut while you sleep. Um, I tried it one time. Remember, I brought tape in years ago because I had heard it helps you breathe through your nose and not through your mouth. And then you don't snore and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Well, it's apparently gone viral now, years later after we talked about it on the show. And doctors are like, no, 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 no. If you have sleep apnea, that is very dangerous, can be harmful. And yeah, then I would imagine. The other thing they said it does is it can be a very painful way to move, remove hair. <laughs> so if you got a little peach Ow. fuzz. <laughs> and it also damages the soft tissue around your mouth. Which, that's not good. We don't so need that. the reasons got... are piling up. Yeah. <laughs> do not do so that. don't try it at home. 
Okay, so don't tape your mouth shut to fall asleep. Apparently, that's a TikTok thing, and people are doing it, and it's dangerous. Um, here's what I've been doing when we go to bed. My wife has gotten it. It's an air purifier, mm-hmm. and it's in our bedroom. The air purifier, first, it makes a noise, um, like a... I guess almost like a white noise yeah. type thing. Uh-huh. I don't like that. Oh, we have one and we love it. And it also has a blue light when it's on. Ooh, and it that kind of glows like. a little bit. Yeah. So I've been taking, I have two pillows and I take the my second pillow and I've been putting it over my head. And I have it so my nose is exposed so I can breathe, but I put it over my eyes and then I kind of pin it down a little bit around my ears so I can't see or hear it. And she's like, that is just bizarre. That is just weird. Why are you doing that? I'm like, because I want it quiet and dark when I sleep. And she's like, it's not that. She's insisting it's not that loud and it's not that bright. (laughs) Okay, so I'm totally with you on the light. I cannot stand light. I put a piece of black tape over the light. Yeah. Oh, Um, good idea. Maybe I'll do that. The white noise. We have an air filter in our room simply for the white noise. And... Man, we sleep so much better. Like, no. if that thing goes Mm-mm. off, you're like, no, wait, I can hear it. Like, especially when quiet. we had Alex the Wonder Mutt, you can hear every little noise she makes. But when the white noise is going, mm. sleep like a baby. Hey, picture this you wake up in the morning and you realize, oh no, I'm sick. I feel terrible. Do you take some medicine and head to work, or do you call in sick and stay at home? 62% of people admit. They head into work sick. Hmm. So why are people even more reluctant to take a sick day than they were a year ago? Uh, Well, they can't afford it. With inflation, an unpaid sick day would create too much of a financial strain. Others feel too guilty because it's going to cause a lot of stress on their coworkers because they're already understaffed. So they suck it up and go in sick. Hmm. Have you gone in sick, Taylor? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Did you get any coworkers sick? Mm. <laughs> I think I may have given, yeah, I think I gave you the one time I've ever had the flu. Yeah. I think I gave it to you and you gave it to Tracy. Nice. And then I, I gave it to Glenn. Yeah, we really appreciate you, you for remember that. remember that? That was a long time ago, but I didn't, I don't think I knew I was sick. How do you feel about that going into work if you're not feeling great, if you're under the weather? Do you, do you have like a a rule about it? If I have a temperature, I won't go in. If I'm sneezing, I won't go in. Has it changed since COVID? How do you roll when it comes to going into work if you're not feeling well? We'd love to hear from you. We're talking about do you go into work when you're not feeling well? And I got to be honest with you, I had a bit of an evolution with this through my life and, and my career. I used to wear it as a badge. Like, I don't care. I'm sick. I'm, I'm still going into work. That's not going to keep me down. And I'll admit, looking back on it, I think a lot of it was ego. Like, hmm. oh, there's no way the radio station could continue without me. <laughs> <laughs> but I found out, nope, radio station goes on just fine if I'm not there. I'm not saying shrug your responsibilities. That's not what I'm saying at all. But the downside of going in when you're sick, of getting your coworker sick, getting you know just people you come in contact with sick, it's not where it's not worth it. And it's that, that's how you know the flu season gets spread around because you know, somebody decided the the office can't continue without me. I'm too darn important. And you go in anyway. And then you get everybody else sick. And that's not fair to everybody else. And it's going to take you longer to get better because instead of resting and getting better, you're out running around like there's nothing wrong. You asked earlier if we've changed how we view like whether to go in or not. And I totally have. Um, I don't know if you remember. It was about like a month ago. All of a sudden, I got horrible allergies. And I think it's because ragweed was blooming. Happens to me every year. 
And so I did a COVID test before I came to work Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I better make sure. I mean, I think this is just the usual allergies, but just to be safe. So thankfully I got all those freebie ones that the government was handing out to the postal service and just pop one open and I think found uh, yeah, out. COVID probably changed a lot of the attitude of going into work when you're sick and stuff. Yeah. But but yeah, for me that that was that was totally it. it. Was just recognizing that this radio station will be just fine without Kev for a couple of days. When you know, I don't mean like a little bit of a cold. I mean if you're really really sick. And I, it, not only was it job ego, but. A little bit of of male ego too, like that's not going to keep me down. I'm bigger than that. And meanwhile, I'd come in and while well, the songs were playing, I'd have my head down <laughs> on the on the counter here and be like, "Oh my gosh, how much longer? Is it almost time to go home yet?" That's not doing anybody any good, right? There is something that was a big part of my uh, I wouldn't say childhood, my teenage years. Yeah. And now it's something that everyone's calling new and innovative and like, you got to jump on this bandwagon. Hmm. I can't wait to tell you about what's going on in just a sec. You're going to love this story. This is so fascinating because something that was really, really popular when I was a teenager has now come full circle. So let me here's guess, the deal. Let me guess. Hitching a donkey instead of a horse to the carriage. <laughs> not that old man that was so mean all right so here's the deal when i was a teenager at church and and big the big part of my life was my church youth group mm-hmm. we would do these trips it started with my older sisters who are five and seven years older and then i got to do one it was called a lynx trip l-y-n-x hmm. and it was this big giant bus that converted into sleeping quarters at night. And the girls would sleep on the top and the guys would sleep on the bottom. And you'd wake up in the morning, like I grew up in Jupiter, Florida, we'd wake up in the morning in Atlanta at Stone Mountain Park and it was time to go do all these fun things. Well, it's come full circle. They have created these new, they're calling them, don't call them a bus. They're called luxury coaches. And there's a company called Napaway. Isn't that a great name? And it's an 18-passenger bus with seats that fold into a flat bed and come with a pillow and a plush blanket. And like even like frugal like financial people are like, you save on a hotel. Hmm. You sleep. And then when you arrive, you're at your fabulous destination. Like there was this guy, he wanted to go see one of his favorite artists in concert. And the flight was just way too expensive. Yeah. So he got a Napaway ticket, woke up in the city where he wants to be, goes and sees the city, goes to the concert, and then naps his way home. Hmm. Oh, that's where the name comes from. Napaway. Napaway. Got Mm -hmm. it. Isn't that interesting? So this thing that I did when I was a teenager, it's this is way more fancy than what we did. Ours was just like bunk beds, Uh, but these are like luxury seats so what i want to know is would you do it would you take a nap away coach taylor i don't think you would and i'll tell you why in a minute hey diane it's kevin and taylor so what do you think of these nap away coaches they don't want you calling it a bus where 18 people supposedly ride in luxury and sleep to get to their destination i was on a high school trip and we rode a coach a band trip this was several years ago and I don't know. It was pretty harrowing to drive overnight. Uh, I don't know if I got much sleep. Now, if I had a nice bed, I might feel a lot better. 
but it was pretty harrowing when we were driving at night in yeah. the rain. This scary, is like you so. lay flat in it like a bed, like those fancy schmancy airplane seats that people, you know, sit on and on international flights. Yeah, it's not going to work like you did with a high school band trip. They're not sleeping. I know, There's I know, no it sleep. It was, it was such a scary thing to me the whole right. way up. And, and the driver was 70 years old. And I was like, how long are you doing this? Well, I'm not saying because any of the kids will be scared. They just won't go to sleep. They'll be too excited and they'll stay up with their friends, you know, goofing off all night. But then number two, the reason why Taylor and I assume my wife would not want to go is, yeah, you sleep on your way to, to an event. But my wife, she is not going to a concert if she can't do her hair and do her makeup yep. and all this other stuff and that ain't happening oh, on I a bus horrible. you're just gonna have to wake up and and go in yeah and in who, high who's school, gonna do that i was like in a rest stop sink trying to wash my hair in the <laughs> see sink. Oh. see that's what i'm saying you can't there's yeah, no prep time with it do you have anything in your closet that you just never seem to wear uh this is pretty wild they did a new survey and the average person has over nine hundred dollars worth of unwear clothes what? in their closets. I don't think that's accurate. no way. Nine hundred dollars? A third of us admit we have too many clothes, but we can't resist the lure of a new outfit. Sixty percent of people have bought an item online and they don't like it, but they kept it anyway. And I definitely have some dresses and jeans. That I lie and tell myself I'm going to fit into again one day. I was sh- shopping my closet with my sister over the weekend. And I found a dress for an event that I forgot I had. I'm like, mm. oh, I can wear that. I forgot I had that. It was kind of hidden because mm. I don't have the neatest closet. And then a dress that I haven't been able to wear in forever because the quote, the zipper was broken. I was showing it to my sister because she's a seamstress. She she zipped it right up. So I'm wearing it right now. Look at that. <laughs> Wow. So I said, I need well, you to visit my closet fingers. more often. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Any any parent that heard that agree? Because we've had our, our girls in particular, not Kyle, but the, our daughters, go shopping. They have to have to have something. And then six months later, it's in there. We'll, we'll be like, okay, we're going to take some stuff to Goodwill. And they put it in the Goodwill pile and still has the tags on it. Yes, my it sister's daughters have done that. It's drives crazy. you absolutely crazy. You know how kids will come up with every excuse not to go to bed? Well, coming up, now adults are doing the same thing. Hey, you know how kids will come up with every excuse not to go to bed? My sister-in-law knew she could stay up later when she was a little girl. She said, Mommy... Tell me about God. (laughs) Well, it turns out many adults are now doing the same thing. If you're staying up way too late, you're called a bedtime procrastinator. Mm. You may think you're getting a little time for yourself, but experts say it's doing more harm than good. Really? And they actually call it revenge procrastination. You're taking revenge against your busy life, (laughs) carving out free time to scroll social media or watch a show, but you end up feeling worse from the sleep deprivation. In fact, there's a link between anxiety and bedtime procrastination. Hmm. But what I've found is anytime I do try to do that, no, I'm going to be fun and stay up and watch just one more episode of whatever show we're binge watching. Mm-hmm. That means within five minutes of the next episode, I'm falling asleep. Yep. And, and then you don't know what's going on. You got to go through that painful experience of waking up on the couch and Ooh. walking to the bedroom, which, oh, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> just go to bed. So that that whole trying to stay up just a little bit longer, you would think that was something that you stopped doing when you hit like, I don't know, nine or 10 years old. But as adults... 
you wind up doing it because you're like you work hard, right? You put mm-hmm. in you put in your hours at work. You run your kids around everywhere. Finally, when the kids are in bed and you have some time to yourself, the last thing you want to do is just go to bed and call it a night. You want to have some you time, right? Right. Well, I disagree with that. <laughs> I like to go to bed. My wife likes to stay up. I like to go to bed. So how do you roll in your house? Do you have the same situation working out where one of you is like, hey, let's just go to bed. I'm really tired. And the other one's like, no, I'm not going to bed at whatever time it is. Do you have that little playful argument in your relationship? Give us a call. My, my wife and I, we kid each other that we are that meme come to life where it says something like, remember remember when we used to 9.30 p.m. meant we were headed out for a night. <laughs> now 9.30 p.m. means we're going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that's, that's that, that happens when you have kids and you raise a family and you've got a job and responsibilities and stuff. Yeah, your bedtime creeps up earlier and earlier and earlier. Um, but of the two of us, she is way more likely to say, come on, let's let's watch one more episode of a TV show. I don't want to go to bed. It's too early. I don't want to go to bed this early. And I'll capitulate and go, okay, and we'll watch one more episode. And within two minutes, I'm falling asleep on the couch. And she's going, hey, are you asleep? <laughs> You're not hearing the story. I'm going to have to back this up for you. Right. So, But yeah. then what that means is we wind up hitting pause. And I have I described it earlier. So it, it does, for some reason, it hurts to get up and have to walk to the bedroom after you've already falling asleep in the living room. So I'm wondering, is this a couple thing? Do you go through that with your better half? Uh, do you and Glenn, want to, does Glenn like to stay up later than he's you? A, you like he's to stay a night late? owl, yeah. yeah. I wish I could stay up. I get crabby that I have to go to bed. Hmm. But I just physically, like, I'll try to, like, um, rub my legs, sit up in my chair. Sometimes I'll stand and stretch or play. Because you feel I'll yourself falling asleep. i to try to stay awake and watch the show. And I cannot do it. And he has, like... Hmm. A whole TV life that I don't have because <laughs> he he is like a stay up late and get up early well, kind of guy. I've, I've even said to Tracy before, like going to bed when you're tired is not a bad thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? She, she'll get the mind frame of almost like a kid, like you're being penalized. Yeah. You go to bed. No, no I'm not going to bed. I'm like, man, I don't get to have any fun. I have to go to bed. Whereas I, I don't look, look at going to bed as a penalty. I'm like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some sleep. So what about you and your better half? Do you have that uh, playful argument about going to bed or staying up? So who's more likely to stay up past your bedtime, you or your other half? I would say I am the night owl and my significant other is he falls asleep at everything. He can't even <laughs> stay awake for a movie. So um, it's um, and I regret staying up late at night because I have to get up at 5 o'clock every morning. Do you find, by the way, if you do that two or three days in a row where you stay up late and get up early, like by that third day, you are you are no good to anyone? I'm lagging, yes. I <laughs> win season Thursday, definitely. Yes. <laughs> Here's your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! Can you imagine being this mom? Her name's Alba. She lives in Syria and she has seven children. Two mm. daughters, five sons, between the ages of 5 and 16. Well, if that isn't a challenging life as a mom enough as it is, her husband split, and she's left to try to feed these kids in an area that is completely riddled with drought. I mean, it is so hard. She's tried Mm. to grow a few things in her garden, 
It's impossible. Enter Samaritan's Purse. This mm. is so cool. They came in and taught Alba how to farm. Yeah. And they gave her the seeds. They taught her how to put in an irrigation system. They come check on her every week. And she said, this is a mom of seven, keep mm-hmm. in mind. When she is out in her field working, she said she feels so relaxed. She <laughs> said if she could spend no all kidding. her time out there gardening and growing things, she would. But she's probably so relaxed. Because she knows she can feed her seven children. What I love about that story is, yes, I'm grateful that they have a way to survive now, but also she's feeling God's love through Samaritan's Purse. Yes. And if you want to hear more about the great stories of people they help, just go to SamaritansPurse.org. That's SamaritansPurse.org. You love getting money-saving tips, right? Well, coming up, what's your favorite way, your favorite source for those money-saving tips? Hey, what's your favorite source for money-saving tips. They ask people where they like to learn about things like investing money and budgeting to make cash work harder and how to find the best discounts. And 62% said, you want to take a guess, Kev? Favorite source for all those money-saving tips? It's got to be like Instagram or something. You're right. So, some blogger or social influencer media. or something. Yeah. Social media, yeah. They like it because they feel like it's unfiltered and comes to them in a more real way. Hmm. That's where people are, if they're getting financial advice from TikTok. Sometimes you'll you'll know someone for years, and then they do something that is so out of character, so different from who you know them to be. Your view on them is forever changed. Yes, there's grace, mercy, and forgiveness, but your view on them is forever changed. And that's happened uh, in our family with someone that we know and love. I'll tell you what happened next. So have you ever uh, been friends or had someone in your life for years and then they do something that's so out of character with the person that you know and love? You're just your view of them is forever changed. That's happening in our family. My wife, I got a call from her on my way home. She's like, you need to come home quickly. Marco, our precious youngest dog, she said, he's in the backyard and he won't let me come near him. I said, why? What's wrong? She And she paused and I could hear she was crying. She goes... He got a chipmunk. <laughs> no, not sweet, innocent Marco. Marco. Now, Marco, in his defense, he comes from his, he was, his ancestors all the way through him bred to be hunting dogs. That is in him. If you watch him with a squirrel in the yard, you will know, oh my gosh, that is a dog bred to hunt. So he's constantly chasing stuff in our backyard. So it's bound to happen. He never catches anything. He's going to be, he's about four and a half years old. He's never, he caught a lizard like two years ago. And that was, it did make Tracy happy, but it wasn't as traumatic as him with this. Sweet little chipmunk. Cute, sweet, furry little chipmunk that not only did he catch and kill, but then would not let anyone near it. Like, (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness. What did, what happened when you got home? Well, Tracy cheerfully met me at the front door and she's like, I just, I don't know what to do. He won't let me near it. And it's, and it's, de- I'm pretty sure it's completely dead. Aww. So I took out, I took a shovel with me in case it wasn't dead yet. Would <laughs> deal, uh. deal the final blow. But I know what makes Marco tick. I took treats. I was like, you want a treat? And he looked up like, huh? <laughs> I said, do you want a treat? And he ran right over. I was like, there you go. And he sat there and ate it. I, uh, the chipmunk was dead. So I gave it a proper burial in a plastic grocery bag, tied it in a knot, and put it in the trash can. <laughs> Aww. That's so sad. 
But I so, see like why Tracy was so upset that her her innocent baby boy yeah, is a yeah. killer. If you've ever seen my daily Marco, I always post a picture of Marco and he's like the most adorable looking dog you would ever, ever see. So I posted a bonus Daily Marco yesterday, and I put the face of a cold-blooded killer. <laughs> Taylor, he was so proud. He was so oh, proud of himself. He was prancing around the house like he was the king of the jungle yesterday. And you know, maybe not the jungle, but he was definitely king of the backyard. <laughs> so we're talking about how my wife will never view our sweet little Marco the same way ever again because he... He's a hunting dog, and he he got a chipmunk in the backyard yesterday. And she's like, he's a cold-blooded killer. <laughs> and he looks up with his cute little face like, who, me? <laughs> but we're coming up on, I cannot believe this, it's going to be the four-year anniversary of us getting Marco. Wow. So it's, is he like five years old I now? still feel like he's a puppy. Yeah, that means he's right now, he's like four and three quarters because he wow. was, yeah, they, they have to hit. He was born uh, in a shelter. Uh, his mom was rescued. He was born in a shelter, but they, he had to be a certain age before you know he was adoptable or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's going to be five soon. And I told Trace, I was like, it's going by too fast. I started getting sad. Like, if he if he lives to be ten, that means he's halfway done now. Ooh, you can't start talking about that yet. That's what Tracy said. She it's was too like, soon. "He's still practically him. a puppy." He's yeah. If, let's suppose he what that that is where how long he's going to live? Ten years. That means he's middle-aged right now. He's fine. Don't start looking for trouble yet. But I've always said, like, we were so fortunate. Our dog, Alex the Wonder Mutt, lived to be 16, which is the longest dog we had. But why can't dogs live to, like, 50, like a parrot or a horse? Right. Why is it only, like, 12 to 15 years? Don't know. But hopefully maybe Marco will be the first one ever. If any dog can do it, yes, if any dog can do it, he can. All right.